Are you tired of tribalism? I think a lot of what the left supports is satanic. The only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. Are you exhausted by the culture war? If they don't like it here, they can leave. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Are you suspicious of those who say Jesus endorses their political party? Is it possible to be a good Christian and also be a member of the Republican Party? And the answer is absolutely not. From certainly a biblical standpoint, Christians could not vote Democratic. We trust the lamb, not the donkey or the elephant. This is the podcast that's too liberal for conservatives and too conservative for liberals. I'm Patrick Miller. And I'm Keith Simon. And we choose truth over tribe. Do you? One of our goals with Truth Over Tribe is to uncover what cultural artifacts like movies, music, and TV say about our cultural moment. The latest Spider-Man movie literally broke digital box offices and came in third place for all-time opening weekend ticketing. That's despite movie theaters being at an all-time low. But what does this pop cultural story tell us about our world? I will leave that one to Patrick in this no-spoiler review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Also, we have a YouTube channel, so if you want the full experience, click the link in the show notes and watch it there. Make sure to subscribe while you're at it. Here's Patrick. Spider-Man No Way Home is in theaters, and I love it. Of course, full disclosure, I've been a webhead since the first time I watched Spider-Man slinging webs in the late 90s on the WB. That's the cartoon version, of course. But that's not to say that I've loved every version of Spider-Man. No one will forget the infamous Spider-Man dancing scene with Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3, but thankfully we've come a long way from there. Well, welcome to the no-spoiler review of a not-terrible Spider-Man movie. We won't hit anything that's not covered in the trailers, but we will pre-deconstruct this movie sandwich to maximize your appreciation of all its thematic movie flavors. So, let's start with the bottom line. We're all Spider-Men. Spider-Man? I'm not really sure. Look, the latest entry into the Spider canon welcomes us into the lush, interdimensional textures of the Marvel multiverse, where there's not just one Peter Parker, Doctor Strange, or MJ, but a fractalizing, infinite array of variations on a personality theme, which of course begs a metaphysical question, which version of Peter Parker will be the MCU's version of Peter Parker? And this is the metaphysical question of our own generation. Who am I? Who will I be? What meaning and purpose will I make out of my life? It's the journey of self-discovery because unlike the peasants, monks, and lords and ladies of the medieval era who were simply born into their identity and destiny and they had no control over that, we modern people have been untethered from externally defined reality. No one tells us who we are. We have to discover that for ourselves by looking inside. And of course, Spider-Man must look inside himself to find who he is. And what will Spider-Man find there? Courage, fear, truth, lies, love, 
hatred, justice, injustice? Which Spider-Man will he be? And what happens if he picks wrong? What will he become? You see, Spider-Man No Way Home is a movie about you and me. We may not have spider powers, but we feel the anxiety-inducing possibility that there are millions of versions of possible me's out there. And how do I know which one I really am? And what happens if I choose wrong? So basically, Spider-Man is just your mind in a CGI costume. It might as well be called Spider-Men No Way Home to include us all, or I guess Spider-Women No Way Home or Spider-Children No Way, look, Spider-Whatever No Way Home because the drama here is all around what kind of spider person Peter Parker wants to be. And that actually brings it back to the basics of what Spider-Man has always been about. You see, spider stories are stories about power. Lord Acton, he famously said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And of course, Spider-Man is full of villains whose power corrupts them absolutely. And that's always the temptation for Spider-Man to let his power corrupt him. But there's an alternative. What Uncle Ben tells Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. Peter is in an ethical multiverse. Who's right, Lord Acton or Uncle Ben? Which moral universe is going to shape Peter Parker's life? Uh, do Peter Parker's spider powers corrupt him or do they create a web of responsibility in which he has to save lives? And of course, we ask the same question. Should we deconstruct all power to its atomic, supposedly toxic root? Or can power be used for good? And what do we do with the villains in our own timeline who use their power correctly? Is there forgiveness? Can those villains change? Or do we cancel them into oblivion? We are all living in an ethical multiverse where different variations of truths and untruths about power are competing with each other right now. And at the heart of any great Spider-Man story are these two truths. First of all, power for power's sake corrupts. If you use your power on yourself, you will lose yourself. But secondly, power expressed in self-sacrificial love, it actually transforms. You see, Spider-Man's powers, they're always less interesting and less powerful than those of his foes. But what sets him apart is that Spider-Man uses his power for self-sacrifice. He gives himself to save the world. And every great Spider-Man villain does the opposite. He destroys the world for the sake of himself. Spider-Man is an echo of the cosmic story about God and humanity, and it's a call for us to use our power as Christ did, self-sacrificially, knowing that life is on the other side of death. We don't have to choose between Lord Acton and Uncle Ben. Power can corrupt, but it need not do so. Great power comes with the great responsibility of self-giving love. Self-giving love turns power into life, not death. And so, in our own way, we're all Spider-Man. We're all living out these same questions. Which moral universe will I live in? How will I use my power? And that's what made Spider-Man the best because he's always been the superhero who's most like you and me. So should you watch Spider-Man No Way Home? 
Absolutely. It's great. Maybe my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Uh, but make sure to bring a secret stash of Kleenexes because this thing is full of embarrassing in theater cries. Any true Spider-Man fan is going to love it because it's a throwback to everything that makes Spider-Man the best. And it's a reflection of our own internal battles. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And make sure it's at least five stars. Stop. No, just be honest. Reviews help other people find us. <laughs> okay, okay. At the very least, you can share today's episode. Maybe put it on your social, your favorite text chain. And if you didn't like this episode, awesome. Tell us why you disagree on Twitter, at truthovertribe underscore. We might even share your thoughts in an upcoming newsletter. <laughs>